views expressed on the following program of those of its hosts and participants in no way reflect those of the staff or management of WNRI. Authors Hour. Get the story behind the story. It's all on the Authors Hour. You'll get to hear the authors talking about their books and the journey behind how it all began. Join the opportunity to hear the insights on what inspired them to write it. Now, here is your host, Wayne G. Barber. And good morning, America. Beautiful bluebird skies this morning. Good sleeping weather, too, in the 50s last night in the quiet corner of New England. And, um, matter of fact, a few nights ago, we had our first night in the 40s. So that pendulum is really, really swinging. And you are listening to the Authors Hour on Smoker 99.9 FM, WNRI, your voice of the Blackstone Valley and worldwide since 1954, WNRI.com, TuneIn Radio, Alexa, so many ways to listen to the show. Today we have an author, J.B. Yana, Y-A-N-N-I. The name of the book we're going to discuss is Time Benders, and it's the book two, uh, Promises. Uh, there was an earlier book that he had got out on this. is uh, number two, and we're going to find out if there's a three and a four. And as you know, I'm a member of the Association of Rhode Island Authors, about 370 members plus and growing. And we're going to be having our board meeting tonight at one of our members' house. And our top of discussion is going to be some virtual uh, broadcasting for all of our members. So we're going to discuss that tonight, come up with a program, because this pandemic is not going away. And uh, with the restrictions on our meetings with such a large group, it's very, very hard to get some traction on that with Gina at this point. Also, we got on hold our lively literati. And uh, that was really starting to roll, too, down on uh, East Greenwich um, Hotel on Main Street in East Greenwich. A beautiful, beautiful area down there for uh, doing the lively literati and open mic. And that, again, is on hold. So we've got a lot of plans for the association on hold. And it's still growing. And it's still the best investment you can do if you're in this business. Association of Rhode Island Authors. Anyone can join the Association of Rhode Island Association of Authors. But you'll find that a published author and an aspiring author with a complete manuscript will benefit most from our membership. In addition, your membership fee helps support all Rhode Island's most talented writers. Benefits of being an ARA membership include networking with dozen of local published authors at our monthly meetings that are always held on the second Thursday of the month. Presentations from industry pros on a wide array of published topics, exclusive invitations to speak and conduct your presentations at libraries and other venues. Advance notice of any expos, festivals, and any other event where books are sold. A reduced table fee at the Rhode Island Authors Expo, a website link in IRA's members directory, and so much more. Check us out at www.riauthors.org. I did. Also, just a reminder, we've uh, got four different ARIA, Association of Rhode Island Author anthologies that are on the market uh, we started doing a yearly type of thing on that in 2016 in July. The very first one was Shoreline. The second one was Under the 13th Star. 
The third one was Selections. And this year, it's Hope. And the newest one, Hope, is on the market right now. It's available at your local bookstores, uh, Stillwater Books in Pawtucket, Amazon, and all your local avenues on that. All the proceeds of that go to the association. They're really very good. Uh, 20 or 30, maybe even uh, selections was up to almost 40 submissions that were allowed into the book on that. So uh, keep that in mind, and it's for a very, very good cause. I really enjoy a good anthology book. Transportation and limousine services provided by CJ Trans of Fairbanks today and Little General Stores. Yes, there's one in your neighborhood since 1970. All locations are open eight days a week. Money orders, gift cards. Run out of propane on a Sunday with that steak on the grill? Most locations have the propane exchange program. Really, really customer service oriented. And what specials they got they're going to talk about on Recipe for a Good Day this week on Wednesday with Jeff and uh, Chef Gary McLaughlin. They're going to talk about cooking ribeye steak, which is on sale this week for eight ninety nine a pound. Or they may be talking about bone-in chicken thighs. Jeff likes to do that type of thing. Uh, 59 cents a pound. I check with Mr. Lapia. That is not a typo. Stop up and really stock up on that right now. Bone-in chicken thighs, only 59 cents a pound. And you know what I like this time of the year? I got my Fenway Park withdrawals and my St. Louis Cardinals withdrawals. I love Italian sausage sandwich subs with the green peppers and the onions. They've got it on sale right now, $4.89, plus those nice fresh currency rolls. Make your own Italian sausage sub, and it'll bring it right back to Fenway Park. Book Lovers Gourmet, summer reading special at their new location. Take a virtual vacation. 10% off student discounts on required suggested titles. 10% 10% off newest release hardcovers at the brand new Book Lovers Gourmet at the new location. Books, coffee, and gifts. Come visit us at the new location just up the road from the former, 72 East Main Street in Webster. More parking, a handicap accessible. The store is so bright. A real good career move for Debbie Horian up there. Uh, Tuesday through Friday, 10 to 5, Saturday, 10 to 4. Give her a call if you're looking for a particular title, 508-949-6232, Book Lovers Gourmet. She's been doing it over 25 years. Folks, if you or someone you know is celebrating a birthday and you want Wayne to announce it on his program, just send him an email. His address is waynewnri at yahoo.com. Help make that special someone feel like celebrating with a birthday shout-out on WNRI. Thank you, JR. Mike Feudy, the underdog, turns 50 today. He's probably out tuna fishing. He got that big, big shock this year, over 400 pounds. And now he's uh, chasing uh, uh, the roofing business is his main income. And he's got the big charter boat there uh, doing the tuna. Also, Jordan Lasato, uh, unlimited construction son. Jordan Lasato turns 31 today. Heck of a fisherman in his own right. Margaret Destralis, proprietor of East Coast uh, Artisans, one of our sponsors on one of our other shows, uh, celebrates a big birthday today for seeing Margaret. And my cousin Priscilla Jeremiah is a big, big birthday girl today. Happy birthday from the entire cousins all around the world. On the line right now, 
we are going to discuss a book called Time Benders, and it's the two promises, book number two of a series by J.B. Yana, Y-A-N-N-I. Did I pronounce it right? Well, it's actually Yanni, like the artist, although no relation. (laughs) Okay, let me give you a little description of this book that was put out by Author's House. Just like Harry, Hermione and Weasley brothers in the Harry Potter, the Fitzgerald kids uh, continue their adventure in Time Benders and the Two Promises. In this second book of the series, the full impact of what Joe has done finally sinks in angering Deb and Ken and causing Ken to say no more to the time machine. Later, when Deb learns about Mr. Brewster's history, she and Joe defy Ken and take the machine to Las Vegas, 1958, to keep Mrs. Brewer from a certain accident. And uh, goes on, if you have great characters in this, they're very, very expandable for a book three, book four. Is that what you're planning? Yes, I am. I'm actually midway through the third book right now. It's going to hopefully come out before the end of the year or the first of 2021. And it will be called Time Benders and the Long Road Home. Okay, now I see <laughs> that you've uh, gone with Author House has your publisher on it. And you made one comment that caught my eye. Uh, The first book, The Machine, uh, that came out in November of 2018, you did it without an editor? Um, No, actually, um, Author House is actually what's referred to as an assisted publisher. So they offer, you know, full editing services, but in both cases I opted to use uh, an editor of my own. And uh, they were both edited in that manner. <laughs> okay, but the second book, you really hit it on the head with the editing part and uh, character uh, character uh, descriptions? Yes. <laughs> I noticed you had wrote that into that. Uh, I picked the book up. You know, I asked for it. I got it in the mail from the publicist. And I get two or three books in the mail every day from all the, you know, the big five plus, you know, over 300 members in our local group here, the Association of Rhode Island Authors. And the, by the cover, in the name of the book, I immediately thought of Back to the Future, Michael J. Fox. Is that uh, the inspiration or the, the type of format of this series of books? Well, actually, the the inspiration for this book is a little bit my history in reading and Back to the Future, because that became sort of its cult classic in the early part of my life. Um, but, you know, it was more an effort to attract young readers, um, you know, from various walks of life with something interesting in terms of the characters, their life stories, and their time travel and the science and math related to that. Do you come from a uh, literary family uh, producing books, or are you the first? I am the first in the family, although I come from a family of 
teachers. So, you know, that's why part of this book setting is at a school, because that's really my history. Okay. I'm finding, you know, interviewing a lot of different authors, all different genres. The most important thing that I picked up on it is almost everyone is an avid reader. They read anything they can get their hands on, whether it's on the subject matter of their book or in general. Do you fall into that category? Oh, absolutely I do. I have, uh, I'm in fact made fun of in my family with the sheer number of books I have laying around the house on a regular basis and stacked up on shelves everywhere. So yes, my whole life I've really been a very avid reader and I think that that helps as a storyteller because you've read so many different things. Um, and, you know, if you don't limit yourself to one genre or one author, um, you really learn different ways of telling a story, which I think comes through when you start to write because you, you know, you learned what works, what doesn't perhaps, and also taken in some of the aspects of the things you've read over your lifetime. I got an email here from Marjorie from San Francisco. She's listening to today's show on TuneIn Radio. She says, I tune it in every week. I always get something on it. I'm working on my very first book. She says, I have a question for your guest. Is she a member of a writing group? Well, I, I am a member of a couple of different writing groups. Um, first of all, uh, a group called All Authors. It's an online site with a lot of networking from both aspiring authors, as this person is, as well as, you know, best-selling authors. So you get an opportunity to network and learn, and they offer all kinds of services. And then, um, as well, on Twitter, I'm part of several writing groups. And uh, locally here, I'm in both writing and reading groups in my neighborhood, which unfortunately isn't the east coast um but you know i think that's important for any author whether aspiring or aspiring or bestseller because of the network capabilities and you know being able to ask questions and learn from people who've already been through publishing writing editing etc so that you can get some tips especially if you're new to the field jb where do you call home uh, I live outside of the city of Chicago in the suburbs, so <laughs> I, well, I call Chicago home. I guess it's better now. being on the outside of Chicago right now, according to the national headlines. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, you know, I live in what's considered the far west suburbs, but um, it is a straight shot from my house to the city, so... <laughs> Uh, the first book, The Machine, of this series, Time Benders, what was your time length on that book to uh, start to finish? Um, I started writing that book in January of 2018, and um, surprisingly, it flowed rather quickly and went pretty well. So, uh, you know, start to finish, it was about 11 months. 11 months from start to finish, that's very, very good. Uh, I've got the number one question for me is I deal with uh, all different genres of books on the author's hour on Smoker 99.9 FM and all different publishers. Why, why was the selection going with Author's House 
Was it a uh, newspaper ad that you clipped out or a friend had used them? Um, it was actually through research. And, you know, I think um, how people publish when they've written a story is, you know, a very personal decision. And in my case, I was looking for a way to maintain some control over the creative process and that assistive publishing was the way to go for me. Uh, you know, obviously everybody has their own feelings about that and that's why we're fortunate to have many different ways to get published as writers now. Now, to put you on the spot on a national audience right here, going out 13 different ways around the world, uh, customer service-wise, when you uh, had a problem on first book or second book, you call up the author's house on an 800 number or something like that. Do you talk to a machine or do you actually talk to a person? And on a scale of 1 to 10, customer services. Well, you do talk to a person, um, so that's a good thing. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, it's also a good thing that they're, you know, located here in the United States. It makes communication easier. And, um, you know, I've always found them to be uh, very prompt and very helpful in terms of their information. And although they're classified as an assisted publisher, the expertise that they maintain in their staff is really great and uh you know they they go beyond in terms of helping people to understand helping me to understand at the time when i was new to the publishing activities uh you know what the different aspects of the publishing process the editing process the marketing process uh you know is helpful in my genre and uh you know they were really wonderful to work with okay now author's house must be giving you a monthly report on national sales, Amazon, or their own in-house site. And what other avenues, you know, a couple of the big ones, I believe was Taylor closed up a year ago to get the books out there. Uh, how is their process for getting your product into other competitive markets? Are you, is that entirely up to you or are you getting a lot of assists from Walter's House? Author's House does maintain relationships with other uh, national book uh, distributors. Okay. So they operate on a print-on-demand. Uh, so if, and they do advertise through those distributors and through a couple of the, uh, you know, key, uh, you know, listings to libraries and bookstores. Uh, so that was one, that's one of the assisted parts of their process. And um, that allows me to, you know, go to booksellers and um, they can find me in those lists and they can get the distribution from the national distribution centers and there's a return policy, et cetera, and it keeps me from having to have boxes full of books somewhere that I have to distribute. <laughs> so, you know, that's, that's been one of the, the strongest uh, you know, validations of my choices that I get control of the creative process, but I also get the access to those national distributors and such so that I can get to a wider array of markets. So in your particular setup with Author's House, if you wanted to change the cover of the book at a future date, or uh, change the uh, pitch in the first part of the book for the hook, 
to uh, get people involved. You have that total freedom to change it because it's print on demand. The other question I've got to ask, uh, Amazon, you know, had the books as a non-essential item. Uh, the first part of the virus and a few authors around the country sent me an awful lot of emails and I intercepted a lot of Facebook comments on that. With Author's House, uh, before the virus, you know, as we all are in the business, we're trying to schedule our inventory for book signings or book fairs or even giveaways. Uh, if you were to call Author's House, what is the standard turnaround, say, for 24 books or will they drop ship for you? How do they do it? Um, they will drop ship, but they will also ship to me. And their turnaround is usually, the turnaround on it is usually within a couple of days. I, I've ordered books for giveaways, and when I go to events um, and libraries and things like that, and I've never had, uh, you know, a delay in any shipment. And we didn't, I didn't have any issues during the first part of the pandemic when things sort of ground to a halt. Um, you know, so I didn't have any issues with that and continue to not have any issues with that. And, uh, you know, I have not heard from anybody at any of the events that I've done um, virtually over the past couple of months um, that anybody had any issues getting books. During the beginning, of course, I think everyone who was ordering anything from Amazon was experiencing delays in shipments. Uh, through no fault of Amazon's, just, you know, the general shipping and distribution of goods across the country was a bit difficult for a month or so there. And in my area, that has not prevailed longer, but I, I realize in some parts of the country that may still be a struggle. Uh, Dick Flavin is checking in from San Francisco, the po uh, poet laureate for the Boston Red Sox. He says, you're coming loud and clear, and he says, this is the only day of the week. I get up early because of the time difference, and you're well worth it. Good job, Wayne. <laughs> so uh, that's a very, <laughs> very you. good compliment <laughs> on that. In your Chicago area, or just outside the Chicago area, uh, the bookstore situation, getting a book into them right now, a lot of book signings are done virtual on Zoom and stuff. Are you participating in that right now and signing up a Zoom ahead for that uh, lecture on your book? I include a you know prepaid book with the price of being in the group. Are you involved in that type of thing yet? Um, I have been involved in a couple of those. Uh, they seem to have gone pretty smoothly. And, uh, you know, I think... Everyone, uh, everyone at this point, uh, you know, in early September has uh, gotten their crash course on using Zoom. But, uh, you know, I was fortunate in that I was at the later part of that. So perhaps I didn't have any issues because the bookstores and the, everybody was, you know, more in tune with doing things in that manner, that virtual manner. Would you say it was profitable to do it? Um, I, you know, it's uh, it's kind of hard to say because, you know, in my local market, um, you know, I'm fairly well known at this point. Um, I, so I don't know that it necessarily created an enormous jump. Um, but, you know, it's always nice to talk to people who are reading your books and get their feedback and learn what things they're reading um, and what things interest them. It's always, you know, that's the exciting part for me of doing any events is really the interaction, not so much whether it 
generates an enormous amount of profit change. Okay, the book is designed and written for young adults? It is. Um, it's targeted to young, uh, young adult readers, but, um, you know, I, I do have a lot of full-grown adults who have commented about how much they enjoyed reading it, and I, I'm sure that's the nostalgia aspect of it because the books are set in the 70s. Yeah, you've also got the pre-internet. <laughs> you've also got the part early in the book with the death uh, of the parents, the removal of the parents, and then school coming in, and uh, to get your education before they get back into the uh, family business type of thing that would relate to a lot of people throughout the country. Uh, was that a part of a personal thing in your family? Uh, that you, you know, duplicated characters' names, substituted for family members, anything like that? Well, there are aspects of a lot of people in my family's personalities in the characters in the book. Um, my family is very, very important to me. Uh, so you will, if you knew us, see different aspects of myself, my siblings, my relatives in there. Um, but no, this wasn't really based on a personal story. What I was really trying to do with the sudden death of the parents of these characters was really to set a stage for young people to be empowered to do things um, without a lot of adult supervision. You know, I wanted to show that young people can accomplish great and positive things. They can persevere through great loss and manage, you know, to come out of that on the other side with some positive lessons and positive aspects of their life. So I, you know, really felt like taking the adults out of the mix would create the circumstances for that storytelling. You know, getting to read the book, I started in on it, and it's also uh, the way you laid it out would be perfect for a script, for a movie script. Uh, did you uh, have that in the back of your mind when you started writing the series? Um, I certainly didn't have that in my mind when I started writing, um, but you are not the first person to say that. And so, you know, it's certainly something that I've started to toss around, um, although I know less about screen screenplays than I did about writing. Uh, so, you know, it would be an effort that I would have to do cooperatively with someone. But a lot of people have told me that the story really lends itself to, you know, a movie script. And so we'll see. You never know what the future holds. But uh, no, that wasn't my intent when I started. Okay, I mentioned Back to the Future with Michael J. Fox with the DeLoreans and stuff like that, that it's an iconic uh, movie in America's mind. And also, I'm relating this book of my age group. I hate to give it away, but it's almost like a Rod Sterling <laughs> from uh, The Twilight Zone. You know, it's mild. It's I don't see any por uh, pornographic items in it. It's a, a good for, I would say... 12 years old and up, maybe 11, 11 and up, including adults, and uh, life lessons in it, and uh, a lot of good things you integrated into it. How big are the uh, second book here that we're talking about today, Two Promises? It must have been easier for you for the second book, but did it create a bigger ed editing problem? Um, I don't think it created a bigger editing problem. I think 
what um, really happened in the second book was um, a lot more character development. Uh, you know, when the first book ended, what I really felt was you've introduced these characters, but it's really about the time machine they build and the time bending they do and the travel they do. Um, in the second book, the you know the characters and how they've learned from the events in the first book uh, sort of move forward and the evolution of their uh, you know their efforts with both their time travel and in their lives starts to take place. So um, it was surprising occasionally. You know, I'd look up from the computer and go, oh, I didn't know she felt that way. And, uh, you know, it flowed out and I went, hmm, that might be a little surprising. So, you know, it was uh, fun to write in that respect. And um, the editing process was really more about tying together some of that character development and um, making it cohesive with the advancement of the story. If you have any questions for our guest today, the name of the book is Time Benders, and it's book number two, Promises, of a series that's by J.B. Yana and Doyani. And uh, also, you can contact us right now with a question at Wayne, W-N-R-I, at Yahoo.com. I got one here from Stanley from Providence, Rhode Island, and he says, uh, before you wrote the book, what type of books or authors were you reading? before you started the first book? Um, I'm a big fan of historical fiction. <laughs> That's my favorite genre. So I always have one of those around. Um, but actually, um, the la the, during tw 2018, uh, I was really doing a lot of bio biography reading. And so, you know, I was learning about historical characters, and uh, that's really where my thought process started was, oh, wouldn't it be interesting if some kids went to, to meet people and do things in history and learn a little bit about history in a storytelling kind of way. Um, anything on the Civil War? Well, that um, might be a bit of a spoiler, but that's something that comes up in the third book, In the Long Road Home. Um, so <laughs> I, I won't give away any more than that. But yes, they do make a little visit to just prior to the Civil War uh, in the third book. I've got a big smile on my face because I don't know where that <laughs> came from. But uh, I hit it on the head. I, I'm talking about uh, yes, ESPN right here. And I'm not talking about ESPN, the radio, uh, the uh, cable show. Unbelievable. This is what happens when you read good books. You become the book, I think. I, I really think so. Yes. Uh, no matter what the genre is on it. I, I think this is a very, very good beach read. Uh, I apologize. I didn't get book number one to start off with the series. But I see where you're going in it, and the number one thing that you've got going for you with this, this could be an endless series because the characters are so, they're so well-established and expandable. You can go a lot of ways with yes. this. <laughs> yes, I'm, I, I already have some, some storyline brewing for book four, but nothing beyond that, so we'll see what happens. <laughs> you know, marketing-wise, that's going to be a real boon for you, too. Because if you run into somebody when you're selling book three and book four, they're automatically want to go, they're going to want to get caught up, 
and get the uh, earlier books too that'll be available on print on demand all the time exactly and uh, you know although i have tried with book two and again with book three that i'm working on um to make it possible for you to not have read the first book to get caught up in terms of what might have happened there um but you know it's a little bit cliffhanger-ish at the end of each book to sort of hook you in and make you want to look for the next in the series (laughs) can you describe your typical writing day how, how do you manage your time with all the outside influences we have today? <laughs> well, um, I espouse to the, the theory that you should write every day. Uh, so I sit down usually in the early afternoons every day after I've done whatever my quarantine tasks are for that day. And, uh, and I sit down and write in the early afternoon. I find that my most thoughtful time of the day, um, and so I usually write for three or four hours every day in the afternoon. Um, I have on occasion, because I was in the middle of some some action or some, some thought, um, extended that, gone back to it after dinner, but um, my most productive time is that in the afternoon. Okay, a lot of people get up first thing in the morning and they cut, cut out the whole world and get right on the typewriter right then and there or the computer at that point and then open up their world at 10, 11 in the morning. But you're a little different on that going in the afternoon. But uh, another <laughs> yeah, question I like I'm to gonna, I like to get my mundane tasks out of the way first. <laughs> got another question I've got to ask almost every author that comes on the show. Do you experience getting up at 1, 2, 3 o'clock in the morning on a regular basis with uh, dreams uh, that you chart down what the dream is about and then integrate it into a chapter? Um, I don't normally, um, you know, jot down ideas, but I do frequently, very suddenly, sometimes in the middle of the night, sometimes, you know, in the middle of the morning at the grocery store, um, you know, something something triggers some thought, and, you know, I go, oh, hey, that belongs in the book. <laughs> and uh, and so that does happen to me, yes, but um, not so much in the middle of the night and causing note-taking. Um, but, you know, I, I do have experiences like that. If you get away from this series, this time benders, will you branch out into that historical fiction, uh, a romance book, or something like that? Some of the genre really interests you? Well, I, I've been toying around with some ideas, and I am taking notes on something um, historical fiction-ish. Uh, you know, that being my favorite genre, I, I feel a pull to try and write something there. Um, but, you know, so far, nothing very productive has come of that, and um, additionally, I've actually written, although not published yet, a couple of children's books. I, I'll give away my age a bit and say I'm already a grandmother, and my grandchildren uh, are inspiring me to write some children's books. So <laughs> I, I've started that process, but not yet got them published. On the children's books, are uh, you going to do the graphic illustrations yourself, or are you going to farm that out? 
Well, um, you know, I started out uh, in art school, so I might feel like I should do it, but I have a feeling I'll farm that out to someone who's uh, more of a uh, experienced uh, illustrator for children's books uh, when I get ready to put those out. Now, if you do come through with the children's books and for a national publication release and stuff like that, uh, could you just give me a little hint on what the theme of the children's books is? Is it a farm setting? Um, they're both, uh, you know, more um, family settings and family-oriented. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, one of them is uh, going to be called Daddy and Me. And the other one is Leroy Finds His Family. So uh, they are inspired by activities going on inside my family, um, but not, you know, nobody's named in the book. So <laughs> Now, if that comes to uh, fruition down the road here on your children's books, uh, Author's House, would you stay with Author's House or at that time uh, from your writing group and your network of, of authors and stuff that you've accumulated in the business now, would you switch to a publisher that specializes in children's books? Um, I, I, that's actually what my delay is about, is I'm doing some research on that. I really feel like I need, uh, you know, a publisher with some expertise in children's books. So uh, I am going to get that fully prepared and then uh, try and pitch it in that manner to you know, through a different publishing channel than the time vendors. So, uh, yeah, so that's that's really what its delay is about, is, you know, finding that right uh, way to market it and get it to the audience. I've been told that by a lot of authors. The children's book game, as far as marketing, is altogether different from the rest of the industry. Yeah. And I didn't realize how competitive it was. It, it really is yeah. <laughs> a battlefield out there. Yes, it is. And, you know, you wouldn't expect that because, you know, I think if there is a reading group um, that needs a huge variety of material, it's children's books. Because I really feel like, uh, you know, read to your children. <laughs> that is their, you know, that is their entree into their educational life and um, the way that they can be successful. If they can read and they enjoy reading, uh, they can learn pretty much anything. So, you know, I, I really feel strongly about that and wish that there wasn't quite that competition so that there could just be, you know, an enormous amount of material for parents to select from. Uh, to read to their children and to give to their emerging readers and, uh, you know, to help spark those kids' interests in something. Uh, so, yeah, I wish it wasn't that way, but yes, it is a bit okay. more competitive. As, and, a grand, uh, as a grandparent <laughs> or a guardian purchasing a book, Time Benders, as the author of it, you're very proud you're in book two, halfway through book three, and plans for a book four. Why should a consumer select your book what do you, what do you think as the author's opinion what will they get out of your book um i believe that it tells uh, an interesting and uh, unique story 
in that it puts children in the driver's seat of learning about and enacting uh, some great scientific feat um, while it teaches them a little bit about grieving and loss and um, finding your way and, uh, you know, finding your strength and um, learning about yourself. Um, so life lessons as well as some interesting math and science and action. Um, I think it's a great way to spark young readers. Um, you know, I, I, I live for the day where someone says, my son read this and now he's all interested in physics. Great, that's what I want. <laughs> so, you know, I, I really hope that people see that it's a heartwarming story about real life people, people you've been in your childhood, people you know, people your children know, um, that they can really relate to and connect to and learn some things both about themselves and about how to cope with different situations in life. Do you have a website? I do. It is jbyani.com, and um, on it, it has some interesting facts about time travel as well as information about the books and where you can purchase them, and a little bit about me, and, uh, and I will be starting later this year a newsletter out to people, so you can sign up for that. Fantastic. You've been listening to J.B. Yanni and Time Benders, and his uh, book two promises. And the first book I've got it right here is The Machine, both available out there in the market, and soon to have a book three and book four. I want to thank you very much for coming on the Author's Hour. Uh, I'll rate this right now. I'll rate it an eight out of ten as a beach read right now. Uh, worth the investment. Uh, there's nothing pornographic in it. Uh, grandparents and guardians feel safe ordering this book for someone in your family or one of your personal friends. And um, good luck on book three. I hope they get it into the mail and get caught up on this. Well, thank you very much for having me today. I really appreciate it. Okay. And tomorrow, have the best day of your life. Thank you, and you as well. Okay. Thank you. And that concludes that part of the show on Time Benders. I hope you really enjoyed that. They'll be open in about 15 minutes. You talk about a health food store right on Route 21, and it's Harvest Moon Health Foods. And uh, I get my elderberry pills up there, my cranberry, natural local honey. And growing up on the barber farm years ago, many years ago, <laughs> now I'm giving away my age, I got the taste of raw milk. And you can still purchase raw milk in Connecticut at Harvest Moon Health Foods. Did I say herbal tea? Don't go in there and just say, I'd like a box of herbal tea. Because they're not going to say a word. It's going to be in mime. They're going to point to a wall. Take your choice of over 300 different varieties of herbal tea. That there and so much more at Harvest Moon Health Foods. Harvest Moon Health Foods, Route 21, Unit 4, Colonial Plaza in Putnam, Connecticut. 860-928-2352. Healthy foods for a healthy lifestyle, gluten-free products, over 100 dried herbs, nuts, and seeds. Healthy snacks help your body to reinforce its immune response. Hemopathic and herbal allergy relief. We stock quality brand manufacturers, including Against the Grain, Rudy's, Nature's Plus, 
That means organic oils, food for life, and so much more. Natural honey and organic coconut sugar, raw milk. Elderberry for flu remedies. Consumer-friendly hours are Monday through Wednesday, 10 to 6 p.m., Thursday to Saturday, 10 a.m. to 5 p.m., and Sundays, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. HarvestMoonHealthFoods.net, Unit 4, Colonial Plaza, Putnam, Connecticut. 860-928-2352. Proud sponsor of Brian Tag and the number 9 in the late model at Thompson Speedway. Intentively scheduled, Thompson Speedway is supposed to have their first event of the year tomorrow night. But the forecast is for the rain gods to win. So stay tuned for that and uh, hopefully get that number nine out there. We also have another big event coming up for the poetry people that listen to the show every week. Right here locally in Woodstock, Connecticut. The same route going up to the Woodstock Fair. An iconic area called Roseland Park. And they're going to have six regional poets at Roseland Park on Sunday, September 13th from 2 to 4 p.m. in the Open Air Barn. So this is perfect venue for the virus situation for spacing and is sponsored by the Sharp Hill Vineyard of Pomfret, Connecticut. Reservations are definitely required on this. It's uh, Rick Hollis at 860-963-9557. Going to be six regional poets, and some of them are national winners and Canadian winners. And also, along with Robert Perry, uh, a guest on the Authors Hour here two or three times, and he calls Dudley Mass home, a big, big rising star in the poetry business. You know, that event tomorrow night over at Seacock, over at Thompson Speedway and Seacock last Friday night and then up in New Hampshire with all the exciting racing we had up there. I run into the same scenario all the time. Uh, You walk out and you always witness somebody kicking the tires, slamming the fenders at the top of the roof, and you know what I'm going to say. They forgot the keys and the key fob in the car. Now, who are they going to call? They're going to call an ex-wife and be reminded of three months late alimony payments. They're going to call Ghostbusters? Nope. They should be calling Larry's 24-hour towing 24-7. A lockout service, jump start. Maybe you left the uh, dome light on or the seatbelt got stuck in the door and the dome light was on or the radio or your stereo or your head charging systems, whatever. They'll get you right back on the road. And I know a lot of people still sitting on that humongous stimulus check. And now you're going to buy a boat, a motorcycle, or an ATV, or a car or truck. How are you going to get it home without getting another $99 fine from Gina? Call Larry's 24-Hour Towing. Give them the location and your location, and they'll transport whatever you purchased without getting a ticket. Whether it's on a flatbed or by the hook, they got you covered. Seven different types of vehicles they have for towing. Also, the same uh, building is Boroughville Motor Sales. If you want to use that stimulus check and invest in a used order or truck sales, they can do that for you, too. Or by calling 401-568-6286, schedule a Rhode Island State inspection right there on the premises. Owner Pina, Jerry, John, Brian, and the Seven Dwarfs are all ASC certified, and they'll all treat you with dignity. 
AC service, summer's not over yet. An expert body work and insurance estimates by calling Larry's 24-hour towing and Boroughville Motor Sales. Same phone number, same great service. 401-568-6286. Top-selling books. This was a tail end of uh, a couple of months back. Wrecking Ball, Jeff Kenny. That name sounds familiar. That's Grumpy Kid, uh, Wimpy Kid book series. Uh, unlikely bookstore over here in Plainville is uh, really making some traction on his second series of books. And you know what I've been making traction with? Used sneakers. Yeah, I'm a yard sailor. I cannot go by a yard sale without bending my head or pulling over, seeing if they got a old baseball cards, a classic book, any book from 1929 or older to add to my collection or make a few bucks. And now it's designer, older sneakers. Boy, they're hot. American Pickers, Storage Wars. These guys are flipping out now when they find them because it's a fashion statement and there's a big market for it right now. We the plug for shoes at the Sneaker Outlet. Sneaker Outlet is located at 10 Main Street in Woonsocket. And also, you want to check out a partial part of their inventory? The SneakerOutlet.com. You'll be blown away at what the prices are on used or refurbished sneakers. They buy up old stock and dead stock around the country because they know it sells. And they also offer proper shoe care and refurbishment treatments as well as a trade and trade program. They will trade what you walked into the store on your feet to another pair of sneakers. You can trade up, trade down, because we the plug for shoes at the sneakeroutlet.com. It's a destination business. Uh, you go by there on Main Street, Woonsocket, right next to the uh, New York Lunch, if you want to get your Barron straight, and you'll see uh, New Hampshire, Connecticut, and Mass Cars, because there's nothing like it around, especially with the treatment you get on your refurbished sneakers right there. And the inventory, it just, you know, they add to it every day and delete every day because everything is really hopping at the sneakeroutlet.com. Right there at 10 Main Street. Uh, They'll be open about 11 o'clock this morning because they do a lot of nighttime business. 401-648-1242. Let's make a deal at the Sneaker Outlet. Boy, they know sneakers. It's amazing how fast that's uh, working out. Uh, virtual. I got two emails here that came in. One from, let me see here, Poughkeepsie, New York. And we got one from Cape Cod. And they're asking about these virtual book discussions. Okay, the first thing you can do on it, uh, so a lot of the bookstores and libraries now are working with authors hand in hands on this, and they have blueprints out that you know it's been done, done now two or three months. You can pre-order a signed copy of your book. Um, most of it, I'd say about ninety-nine percent now. Uh, they went from eighteen thousand subscribers to over three hundred thousand with the school committees and uh, town councils on a, a website uh, platform called Zoom, Z O O M, and. Now that I've noticed, there's another similarity that, that a lot of people are using, so they must do it right. Pre-registering the whole event on a thing called Everbright Service. 
you know, there's MailChimp out there and a few others, but this Eventbrite service seems to have the uh, software down pat. So virtual book discussions are basically on Zoom and Everbright service, and, you know, that'll buy you some time until the bookstores allow all the other conditions for book signings or book fairs and stuff like that. I've got something here that's very interesting I found the other day. The world's 10 most expensive books ever sold. And that's brought to you by a place that I can't get out of my mind. My mouth is watering right now. San Diego Sundays on the Gifford Ice Cream right over here at 200 Main Street, Blackstone, Mass. All signage at the Sneaker Outlet in San Diego Sundays is by American Beauty Signworks. And boy, they do it right. They bring those customers right in the businesses. You stop your car, pull over, because they have the right sign for the business. They're experts. You know, Oscar takes the phone calls. Desiree does all the work with the uh, fantastic uh, illustrations she does in graphic art squares. And then Kurt holds the ladder. But San Diego Sundays has got you covered for any kind of advertising, including all that fantastic work, stationary at San Diego Sundays. They feature Gifford ice cream with over 23 flavors. Also, they have gluten-free products. They've also added in a small grill for light cooking. And they have a buy five, get the six free. And she's very business savvy on Facebook and social media. They create ice cream dishes, ice cream sundaes with their own imagination. They had one the other day. I drove down from Connecticut. It had a donut in the Sunday. They're so creative with that Gifford ice cream at San Diego Sundays. And uh, they're doing a nice business down there. 200 Main Street, you can walk, bike, or run because it's on that new walkway that joins Woonsocket and Blackstone on uh, the National Corridor thing. And what a beautiful, and with their own parking too, right there. So get out there and get some exercise and nobody will know. You stop it and have an ice cream cone and then continue on your way after you visit San Diego Sundays. I get a special announcement today for Cereal's Pizza Rama and Restaurant, too. As you all know, before the uh, pandemic, or whatever you want to call it, virus that was going through, it uh, really, really hampered all the restaurants here in Rhode Island and around New England. So Jimmy relied on a lot of pickup and delivery and what a job he's done. And now gradually they're allowed up to 66% for seating. And today, uh, they will be open today on Tuesday. Uh, this, I believe, is the first time now, 11 o'clock this morning. And you're going to take advantage of that large cheese pizza special. Uh, 15 slices, rectangle, on a nice cornmeal crust, only $6. Is your school district back? Kids are still at home? Get a large pizza. Maybe even go to the beach before the rain comes in. Any day they're open at cereals, a uh, dozen doughboys are only two fifty. And another thing, uh, Cereals Pizza Rimmer and Restaurant, the whole family, including Jimmy, have now started a Facebook social media program with the restaurant. And they post the daily specials every morning on Facebook. And get them part of that group. You can select your specials for the day. And they're passing on the savings to you, even though with less business with the virus. Because they're good business people. They've been there 52 years. And uh, check out your specials for the day. 
hit the like button especially. And then on the bottom of the Facebook page, go over to share. And not Sonny and Share. I'm talking about S-H-A-R-E. Hit that share button. And that's how social media works for advertising. It'll share it with all of your Facebookers. And that will multiply the sales on that. And they update it almost every day. That's Cereal's Pizza Rimmer and Restaurant. Light catering also involved, too, at 405 Church Street or the Bridgeton Triangle, if you're showing your age, 401-568-7187, and they'll be open in an hour today, first time on a Tuesday. Uh, They're going to go back more gradual hours, uh, Friday, 11 to 9, and then Saturday and Sunday, 8 in the morning. And before you know it, they'll be back into that six-day operation, including all the specials at Cereal's Pizza Rima and Restaurant. 401-568-7187. And Belo's came back a day early. And boy, I just drove by there. The mums came in. Ralph had a paintbrush out there. And all the new fall decorations are going to be arriving daily. She got the fresh produce in yesterday. I did see quite a few pallets of mums. Did I say mums? Every size, every color. Get it while the selection's good right now. And they are ready. They're all revived. They had, instead of a two-week vacation, they had a partial vacation because they stayed home. They didn't do any world trip this year. But Beelow's Flowers right here on Diamond Hill Road for over 60 years. Ralph, Jenny, Stanley, the whole grandchildren, 401-766-3165. And uh, cut flowers all came in. Uh, arrangements, they are a full florist. But they have so many things there, especially in the gift shop. At Beelow's Flowers, 401-766-3165. Okay, quickly, 10 o'clock. Oh, I got to call close this up. Uh, I'd like to thank everybody today. Uh, Time Benders was the book uh, by J.B. Yana, uh, Y-A-N-N-I, a fantastic book discussion, and our sponsors for making the show possible. And uh, thank you very much for all the sponsors. Again, that's what makes everything flow at W1RI since 1954, the voice right here. Thank you very much. Thank you to our fine sponsors, guests, and emailers at waynewnri at yahoo.com and for tuning in to the Author's Hour.